Welcome to the Candid Divorce Lawyer Podcast, brought to you by Trithowans. Family law can be an emotional roller coaster, a mix of sadness, anger, hope, and worry. The Candid Divorce Lawyer explores topics from marriage to divorce and everything in between. This podcast does not constitute legal advice and is for informational purposes only. If you're looking for legal advice, please do not hesitate to get in touch with us via the details in our bio. Hello and thank you for joining us for this episode of The Candid Divorce Lawyer. I'm Rosie and I'm joined by Helen today. This is our second of two podcasts looking at the BBC drama The Split. So our last episode focused on episodes one to three of series three, and today's episode is going to look at episodes four to six, as well as the series generally. So if you haven't finished the series yet, this is your spoiler alert. (laughs) We all have a bit of the split, don't we? Yes. The um, last episode of our podcast, we looked at how realistic the show is um, and considered the realities and the legalities of the different situations. So the key points from this half of the season are that lawyers still need lawyers. I mean, whilst I appreciate mechanics might fix their own cars, um, doctors might identify their own ailments, but the emotional side of family law requires often third party intervention um so surgeons wouldn't operate on themselves if you think of it like that (laughs) um so we I mean some lawyers might act in their own divorce but there there's so many elements I'm not sure that if I would want to if I was going through it that I would want to represent myself because I'm not sure that my mind would be clear as to where I should be be heading so I agree, I don't, I'm Helen, sure. definitely. Yeah, I'm not sure we would we would represent ourselves. Uh, blurring the personal and professional lives. We talk to our clients. We often do talk about day-to-day things with our clients to build the rapport, often to make them feel comfortable. Um, but it's usually more about them than us. They, I wouldn't go too much into my personal life, but often my clients do know some things about me and my life but we're not best friends because that would blur the lines of us giving the the legal advice that that they need. And that's what they're paying us for. So I think you'd agree with that, Rosie, wouldn't you? Yes, completely. Yeah. Um, We do act on clients' instructions. We'll talk a bit more about Melanie um, throughout this episode, (laughs) but we cannot make the decisions for our clients. We can only advise them as to the options. And that's a really important one. And I often Uh, come up against this quite a lot with my clients and they say well Helen what should I do and I said well you know there's your options I've we've we've talked them through the pros and cons of of what you could do and they say well what would you do and I find that sometimes quite tough because I'm not them um, and I'm their lawyer I'm not their friend I'm not their confident or anything like that so we have to be a bit careful with that yeah that's so true Helen isn't it because I think you know when you are in the emotional roller coaster of going through a relationship breakdown or trying to deal with arrangements for children it's it's quite easy to not be able to see the wood for the trees and to want somebody to sweep in and make the answer make the decisions for you but ultimately we're there to signpost and guide them but we can't make that choice that's so true thank you rosie so in today's episode we thought we'd consider something a bit different and we'd go through the characters 
as and their legal situations as opposed to just the legal points and whether they were correct or not. So if we start with the main characters of, of the show, Rosie, um, what did you find were the maybe relevant legal points in relation to Hannah and Nathan's uh, relationship or breakdown of relationship and what maybe was a bit dramatised? <laughs> No, absolutely. So we've talked about how, you know, they're going through a divorce um, and we perhaps wouldn't necessarily usually represent ourselves in in divorce um, and finance cases. Um, one thing we touched on last week was the concept of, of nesting. Um, so for those of you that haven't heard the, our last episode, that's when parents will move between the home and the children will stay in the home. Um, we were saying it, it's fairly outdated, it doesn't work, and we see that come to quite a dramatic conclusion within the series. <laughs> we do, we do. Um, and I think actually one thing they seem to have spot on throughout the series is the emotion and the emotional side of things, um, and that obviously works really, really well. So another point on the children's side with Hannah and Nathan, you know, the importance of, of how you tell, tell the children that a relationship's broken down. Um, and how you go about doing that. And there's some great guidance on um, the Resolution website and within their um, parenting through separation guide on how to do that. And again, that's something that we as family lawyers can, can assist with um, because we very clearly see almost an example of how not to do it with Hannah and Nathan. A hundred percent. Yeah, I think Kate got a bit carried away, didn't she? And and kind of spilled the beans when it, it just wasn't the right time, place or, or anything. And Hannah, you know, they'd made a pact, Hannah and Nathan, not to. And then Kate went steaming in, which just caused uh, no end of issues. And then we come on to the, the financial matters with Hannah and Nathan, don't we, Rosie? And, and the house. I mean, there was a few elements there that, that I picked up. What did you think? Yes. So, I mean, they talk about forcing the sale of a house um, and, you know, the, the interest of the children. And again, it, it's something that must be balanced throughout what we do. And um, again, you saw a lot of the emotion and not so much the, the, the sort of legal side of things, did you, Helen? Yeah. I mean, in children matters, the welfare of the children will obviously come first. And in financial matters, again, the children's um, consideration is paramount. And whilst Kate's baby would come into play because it's it would be Nathan's too. Um, I think Melanie's steam rolling in saying, well, now we we need to sell the house tomorrow or whatever it was that she was she yeah. was seeking for for Nathan um was wrong on on lots of, of levels. Um so for for the first point there, I think is that again, we have to take clients' instructions. There's no way we would be steamrolling um asking for or putting proposals across and demanding things without having at least spoken to our clients first and making sure that was what they wanted but also that was in the best interests of the children too yeah that's so true isn't it and I think there was mention as well perhaps of the property even being bought with an inheritance so a gift um, made to the parties and again it's another consideration when we're looking at how all of the assets should be divided yeah and We've spoken, I mean, we've got podcasts about how financial matters are, are looked at upon divorce. And I think it's important that we reiterate once again that all the circumstances are considered. And we have a long list of factors that we as lawyers consider, the court would consider when we're negotiating or trying to um, reach, reach a settlement. So 
it would be it'd be something to be taken into account there'd be a lot of background work as to whether it was a gift or whether it was a loan um you know whether she's named on the title lots and lots of I mean conveyancing law would come into it so there's lots of elements there that we there's no time to to go into it but just be aware that you know whether entering into a, a purchase of a property and someone's gifting you some money you you really need to take that legal advice at that stage yeah I completely agree um, another thing that cropped up was whether or not Hannah was going to be um, relocating and moving abroad. Now, that brings up some questions in terms of the children, because um, there didn't seem to be any consideration of, you know, the, the legal implications. They weren't even acting. considered. I, no, not I was at all. thinking, when's this, when, when are we going to talk about the children? Because um, two of them were still definitely school age, weren't they? Yep. Um, they didn't show that much in in the series, but they yeah there was there was definitely the three children and the two of them were, were still at school. So I was waiting for that, Rosie, but it didn't really ever come. No, it didn't come up, and I think again that's probably going to be another topic for another podcast um, coming up. But certainly something that should have been considered. And Nathan would obviously have to have been involved um, in any decisions of that severity uh, if she if she was planning to move with the children. I think it was to New York, wasn't it? So. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, um, definitely an important one. And watch this space. If there isn't a podcast on on relocation, then we'll, I'm sure we'll be doing one in the in the future. Yeah. Or take the advice if it if it's relevant to you. So let's move on, Rosie, to Ruth and Ronnie. Oh my goodness, how much did you love Ronnie? Oh, they're just great, <laughs> aren't they? So they're let's say older generation. She's the grandmother in the series. Yeah. Um, and she ummed and ah, didn't she, about poor old Ronnie, who it, it seems has been on the scene um, for most of, of the time. So we've done some research and on the Office of National Statistics, the marriage rates have generally been decreasing among younger ages for both men and women and increasing at older ages. Um, so since 2008, men and women aged under 20 years have recorded the largest percentage of decreases in marriage rates. So in comparison, marriage rates, rates for those aged 65 years and over have increased the most over the last decade. That's a really interesting statistic, isn't it? It's so interesting. And I think actually, you know, looking at the clients that come to us and get advice, there has been a shift in, you know, the advice that they're coming to get. I, for one, have seen a number of people in their 20s and 30s coming for advice before they even propose um, and wanting to know, OK, what actually are the implications of this legally binding marriage contract that we're entering into? Well, that's really good, isn't it? Um, because we've we've again got the legal complexities of cohabitation without marriage children outside of marriage um and whilst these are very very common ways of living now um there are very very different legal um consequences uh, rights available to married couples divorcing as opposed to cohabitating couples separating so um, I think we have actually already done a podcast on cohabitation um, and the rights so mm. definitely one to to have a look at and listen to if you if you haven't already um, but oh I loved it I'm so glad they they did get married in the end yes. um, and hopefully they will live the happily ever after absolutely and I think that brings us nicely on to Nina and Tyler 
Not so much of a happy well, ever after. Not so much of a happy ever after. <laughs> no, but certainly the cohabitation link is definitely, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's really interesting, actually, that that point, and you see this cross-section of all of their relationships um, and both the personal and professional interactions that happen there. Now, we see Nina and Tyler embark on an affair throughout um, the series um, that sort of almost concludes with them seemingly purchasing purchasing a, a, a home together so mm. that they can you know move on together move in together um but it isn't quite what it seems is it Helen no and it does bring us back to you know all jokes aside um cohabitation buying a property together is a massive deal and yes you have to have conveyances to actually um ensure the transaction takes place but you really 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 need family law advice as well you know there's elements always whether it's one person putting more money in someone giving a gift which we've already discussed it's just worth picking up the phone having that half an hour chat checking that you're on the right tracks um before you before you proceed (laughs) and that's an important point too isn't it yeah completely and I think you know it's getting the right legal advice from the right people at the right time and that's what we're here for. Definitely. Okay, so whilst we're talking about Nina, let's um let's Nina and Tyler, let's carry on with the the Tyler and and Xander situation or relationship. Um so this this was quite heartbreaking in the end, mm-hmm. wasn't it? I mean, bigger me, we I don't I'm not sure I've ever I might have seen one in my career. Um but it it's not luckily it's not a, a common common theme but so destroying if if it if if it were to happen so on the more positive side from a family law point of view yes freezing orders are a thing um yes we can assist with those yes they can be made on an emergency basis so something to bear in mind if everything is about to go um wrong and you really believe there is a high risk uh, that the other party is going to try to hide, spend, get rid of um, any assets um, to try to mislead um, the court or or the disclosure when considering the financial division. Um, So that was actually portrayed reasonably well, I thought, because that is something that, that could happen. Yeah, and actually, you know, the pace, the speed that they worked on that with, and yeah. you know, the, the forensic accounting before that. So looking into all of the details, um, again, that's something that comes into it to make sure that we've got that really clear financial picture and we've got all of the information. There's nothing hidden. Yeah, I mean, as solicitors, we would have a look at that, but to the extent um that that it needed reviewing I do wonder if we would have had another expert Mm. forensic accountant maybe on board for that but but generally that the principle was was correct and it is something that that we could do yeah absolutely and there is a phrase that's used is it Xander that states to err is human and to forgive is divine I thought that was quite good or was it um Ruth that said it to him um, yes. I'm not sure but yeah a very lovely quote there yeah um and I think Hannah talked about forgiveness as well and with Nathan didn't she um often hard to see at the beginning of a separation and I think Rosie would agree that we often see clients go through this roller coaster um, of hurt anger um, and then maybe forgiveness at the end not always not always and not what we see anyway 
You know, it really depends on the situation, doesn't it? Exactly. So we've talked a lot about how, you know, things are dramatized. Let's talk about Melanie. Oh, Melanie. Oh, Melanie. Oh, goodness me. She's definitely not resolution, is she, Rosie? She's not. No, she (laughs) certainly wouldn't be uh, following the code of conduct for resolution. That's for sure. I mean, I think she is certainly a a dramatization of a very litigation based lawyer. Um, There's a couple of things that we, I suppose, threads that we draw from her. The first as you mentioned earlier, she never even asks what her client wants. No, you know, she's not taking instructions. So that's sort of fundamentally, she's not doing a very good job at all. No, and I'm sure that she's in breach of all kinds of codes. Um, she just seems to go off on a frolic of her own, doesn't she? And and that's not what's best for, for Nathan, Hannah or the children or even Kate no. In, no. in this um, series. So, and then there's this long lost son that... Um, it seems to be she's trying to pay him off. I think Rosie and I had a quick chat about this because we were a bit confused ourselves. And we think she was trying to, to pay him off to stop him going to the press, mm-hmm. um, but which he did anyway. So there is a contract maybe that one of our colleagues could draft um, a non-disclosure type thing to try to stop somebody uh, from releasing confidential information. Um, I'm not sure I saw anything actually get drafted, just some money in an envelope. (laughs) We certainly don't partake in that. No, via Hannah, which was also bizarre. So that was all a little bit bizarre. Um, But I think the long and short of it was that Rosie and I would agree that um, it is so important to choose the right lawyer for you. Um, Even if you need to go through the courts and litigate, it doesn't need to be cutthroat, um, angry, correspondence we subscribe to the resolution code of conduct and I bang on about this all the time because I do feel it's so important that we try to um, deal with matters in a non-confrontational way and just try to thrash these ideas around to get uh, an agreement hopefully or an order um, that's made that, that suits everybody the best we can yeah so true isn't it that you know the importance of doing that So we'll move on from Melanie to Lenny. Oh, Lenny, this was heartbreaking again, wasn't it? Gosh, I think I cried on every episode this time. (laughs) I did too. It's so emotional. And I think actually, you know, as I said before, it's portrayed so well, even if you don't quite get it well. Yeah, the the emotion is is really there, isn't it? Yeah. So again, family lawyers would try not to get, well, we wouldn't get involved um, in any of this assist to die euthanasia. Um, our colleagues uh, in our wills um, department would be the guys to speak to. Um, this would not be something we got involved with. And I wasn't really sure. I think at, at the end, actually, I think they did bring in the expert, didn't they? But to begin with, it was Hannah advising and we wouldn't even do that. We would just signpost you off to a colleague straight away who was an expert. Yeah, there's a lot of blurring, isn't there? Blurring of boundaries between legal professionals when, you know, we stick to our specialisms because that's what we're good at. That's it. And I think historically it was a lot more uh, one lawyer for all, wasn't it? But these days we have very specialist lawyers, legal representatives in each department who knows their niche area. So that that's just that's probably just a change in time more than anything else, isn't it? And knowing that that's what's best. And then confidentiality. I think there was a, a few issues there uh, with Xander, Hannah. I think everybody 
it got a bit messy there, didn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think Hannah did quite well to to um, not disclose. But in the end, I think there was probably uh, a conflict of interest from the start for Hannah acting for Lenny anyway. So, Rosie, that brings us on to some final points. So Rosie said throughout the emotion portrayed throughout the, the drama series has been fantastic. Uh, it is a roller coaster of emotions for the clients um, throughout these family cases. There was quite a lot of battle language used, mm. you know, the war that I I've, I remember actually saying a couple of times before in my career, you know, it's not a war. Uh, no one's going to win or lose. Um, yeah. All we can do is try to get the best result uh, for you and, and the family. That's so true, Helen. And I think it's such an important I suppose, position to take as the family lawyer, because quite often for those clients, they feel like they're going into battle. Whereas mm-hmm. actually, I think, you know, being able to remove some of that emotion and assist them mm-hmm. in a slightly different way can be so helpful to, to getting to the right outcome. Yeah, so true. So true. Um, what other points were there for this? So um, Rose and Hannah have a really interesting conversation, don't they, at the book launch, um, where there seems to be this comparison between, um, you know, the the loss through Rose's bereavement and the loss Hannah is feeling in relation to the divorce and the breakdown of the relationship. Now, I mean, on a lot of levels, those two things aren't even comparable, but, you know, there is that element of of loss for a lot of clients who are going through a relationship breakdown you know it's a huge life event isn't it that's it and it's grief isn't it Mm. um it's I mean I personally I don't think we could compare the two with the grief but it is grief it Mm. is loss it is um a you know a massive change and I think Rose one of Rose's comments at the end when she got quite cross with Hannah was but he's still here like I know they're not together but he is still here so that that was heartbreaking as well um so and again portrayed very well I think Hannah did honestly feel that she she could relate to to Rose and and Rose just didn't have it did she no Rose is I think she's fantastic though what a brilliant character Mm. throughout all three series of it yeah um but yeah no really interesting Okay, and I think that brings us on to the secret of a good divorce. At the end, there was a podcast um, on the show and Ruth was speaking to Hannah and Nathan. Uh, What did you make of that, Rosie? It was quite interesting, wasn't it? I mean, we spoke in our last episode about how we may speak to our clients, perhaps in the future on these podcasts, but not the other side. Um, And also that dynamic of that being, you know, Hannah's mum, his mother-in-law, having that conversation, you know, it it was an interesting take on things, I think. But Mm. I think a lot of the things they had to say would really resonate with a lot of people going through it. Yeah, that and yeah, I, I don't think we would ever do it in the same way, but to get a husband and wife's take on it together at the same time Mm. I think um yeah it was it was very interesting and Hannah by that point seemed to know where she was going and what had to be done I think Nathan was often a bit left behind and swept with the tide but by that point I think Hannah knew what had to be done and I think there was discussions about it being easy to marry but so much harder to divorce yes 
And I think lots of our clients would definitely agree with that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's not something you plan for. You plan a wedding, you know, you plan who's going to sit where, who's going to wear what. So much thought goes into it. Whereas then when a relationship breaks down, it's normally out of the blue or Mm. to a point where you haven't made those arrangements because you never anticipated that this would be the next step. Uh, It's the unknown, isn't it? I think there's magazines, guidance, everything for for planning, even planners actually for planning a wedding. Mm. But when it comes to divorce, unless you you pay for a lawyer um it's often the unknown and and that's probably a lot of the daunting part of it and obviously then the 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 grief and the loss of course so interesting interesting at the end there um so what makes for a good divorce Rosie what would we say I think the starting point is getting the right advice and signposting and making sure that you know what your options are. Um, It doesn't have to be a decision that is rushed into, but it's certainly important that you know what your options are moving forwards. Yeah, and that's exactly why we offer the free half an hour telephone call um, initial consultation, because we can just at least, if it's really early on, give some options um, and, and give you some information, give our clients information so that they at least know what's coming and, and what they could do either in the immediate, uh, but also a bit longer term, how, how things may need to pan out. Absolutely. And I think also having the right support around whether that's professional or personal, you know, those friends or family. Um, I think one of our first episodes was top tips for your first appointment with a family lawyer. So it might be worth if you are in that position, going back and having a listen to that one. Um, because ultimately, you know, it does seem like an elusive search, doesn't it, for a good divorce, but we are here as family lawyers to guide you through that. Yeah, totally agree. And then there was a really interesting quote, um, I think near the end, wasn't there? Mm. And I think, uh, Rosie, would you, you, you say it, you, you, yeah. So the quote is, after the war, if they can lay down their weapons and resentments and stop and breathe and listen, sometimes they have been battling for so long that they have forgotten that there is birdsong. And there's this moment where we see Hannah in the garden and she's stopping and hearing, you know, the birdsong there. And it's that moment of realising that actually the world hasn't stopped turning. Um, This has happened. It's huge. But there is that light at the end of the tunnel. And I thought that was really poignant. So, so much so. And for us to be able to help people through that journey is, I mean, it's our goal for them to have a good divorce, isn't it? Um, And be able to move on afterwards. So I completely agree. And I think, you know, guiding people through the legal complexities of life, often when they're in their darkest hour, you know, it is helping them to find that place and hopefully find that bird song again. And that's why we're not Melanie lawyers. Absolutely. <laughs> and on that note, I think we should bring this podcast to a close. Yes. Yeah, definitely. So thank you for listening today. We hope you can join us again soon for another episode of The Candid Divorce Lawyer. Don't forget to uh, subscribe to our podcast on whichever format that you listen. And we look forward to the next podcast. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to the Candid Divorce Lawyer podcast brought to you by Trithowans. To hear more from us, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. You can also follow our Instagram page at Candid Divorce Lawyer.
This podcast does not constitute legal advice and is for informational purposes only. If you are looking for legal advice, please do not hesitate to get in touch with us via the details in our bio.